This isn't the right Ozzy Osbourne. <clears throat> Fifty years ago, they made Iron Man. Fifty. Yeah, this isn't my laptop. Jerseys. What rodeo sound guy doesn't have Iron Man? Why don't you have Iron Man jersey? Who's your little friend there? She looks like a nice lady. <laughs> Go buy the lady uh, a drink there, Jersey. Not supposed to wear black after Labor Day. Um, welcome to Rump Chat, everybody. Walking by, you want to get in here. Because we got a couple guests um, that are probably the busiest guys in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, you see them throughout, um, well, if you're our age, your lives, uh, bringing you rodeo i mean on tv it's like the, the lee corso dickie vitale the iconic voices that are always john going. madden yeah they if there's ever a really popular rodeo uh game on playstation it could be the butch Knowles, like like Knowles 13 oh yeah he made it he made it <laughs> hey it doesn't matter these are probably these unlike most of our guests like uh, they can Ma do whatever they want. Matt to. Birch, who like, just uh, drinks whiskey, and and Kirsten, who makes fun of us. We actually have two guests today. For everybody watching at home, and thank you for watching at home, we've got two probably of our most uh, elite guests that we've ever had on Rum Chat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and and one of them's been on before, and it was awesome. But we've got the, his partner in crime, and uh, so let's bring him up right now from the Cowboy Channel, Mr. Jeff Metters and Butch Knows. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, grab a microphone, grab a seat. Pick a mic, any mic. You guys know how to run those microphones, I suppose. Oh. <laughs> what? Huh. Why did you why did you move out of the seat by me? I'm the I'm the nicest one of rope chat. It's Hambone's kind of the rude one and I'm the the, the chubby <laughs> it's not fun. True. Sidekick. That's what I've heard. I've heard <laughs> Metters fill me in on what's expected. So. Just kind of like I'm a Hambone's uh, chubby fun sidekick. Matters is your chubby fun sidekick, right? <laughs> exactly. I, but the problem is Josh's brother's more famous than everybody now. And that oh, was you're not kidding. he was on here yesterday, and we showed his video. We, we played your uh, your piece yeah. that that you all y'all made about uh, the 2020 steer pusher. <laughs> I thought it was good. It was cool. Yeah. You know, it's a shitty job. <laughs> literally that, that it's funny because the the steer that they were showing how to push a steer literally did uh do the deal on his coveralls but you know i was i was telling them uh telling butch beforehand how cool that was uh for the cowboy channel i love this year's nfr because of the tailgate parties you know the all-day deal because i've always liked that about college football like i'm sure a lot of people here if you're watching at home right now you remember on on saturdays waking up and watching college game day and it was so much fun to wake up start drinking beer and you can drink beer before noon on saturday on college game day because it's game day and, and it's you, acceptable you waited for the picks you waited for lee corso to pull out the headgear and and do the picks and uh so i think uh, as far as the as that goes it's so cool that you guys have done the tailgate party and the deal with andy like the the behind the scenes stuff i absolutely love that and andy I feel pulled that off very well. He yeah. was he was very happy about it. But my best line, the best line of the whole deal with Andy at the end when he said, "Push and steers the NFR, living the living dream. the dream, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate goal, isn't it?" Did how did that come up? Who did you put that piece together, Jeff? No, no, uh, they were just um, the, the guys that do the pre-show and stuff were were just after a good feature, and we talk about them on the air, you know, quite a bit, and they just kind of jumped on it, so. Yeah. I, was, I was telling him, I, I told him, you know, who he was, so that kind of, they, they, that kind of helped a little bit, too. I, we, we owe you when a... Your brother, when your brother's famous. Yeah, so. we owe you a, a really nice bottle of bourbon, because yeah. I get texts like, they're talking about you on TV saying really nice things, and I'm like, man, I love that Metters. Those <laughs> nose, we, those guys are so great. We got a, <laughs> yeah, we got a shout-out the other night, so that was pretty cool, you know? But, uh, so, so, it's a complete different look, and the TV looks amazing. By the way, um, whole thing my idea. Yeah, it's all you, obviously not. If you don't know, he's not only on screen, but Jeff is the general manager of the Cowboy Channel. So yeah. everything you saw this year came through, you know, pretty much his hands and his team, uh, who's a great team, who we've get we've gotten to work with quite a bit. But uh, 
How insane is it? Because there's so much going on. Yeah, the tailgate parties, that. the pregame party or pregame uh, show, the postgame show, the buckle ceremony, the buckle ceremony, the award ceremony. Been awesome. Those have been great. At Texas Live, I, I watch them in the morning because what I've been doing uh, is when I get down here uh, with the pre-show, I, I go back to my KOA and uh, I get in my sweatpants and watch the rodeo. Yeah. I usually fall asleep about the bull ride and I wake up the next morning, bam, buckle ceremony. So that's been pretty cool. And Texas Live has been a good fit for the for the buckle deal. And the, the one clown on there, we were on a show yesterday. What his uh, Clint? Will? Will Clint. Rasmussen? Is it Will? <laughs> no, but Flint's done oh, outstanding. Flint. Flint and Randy Carley as we talk about our <laughs> leaders tonight at the rodeo. Uh-huh. So that, that's been really good. So I, I think all the way around, you know, um, totally a different different deal to shoot. And I can't even imagine the, the camera angles from uh, shooting the Thomas and Mac, which is the size of this beer garden, to uh, shooting Globe Life Field, which is the size of Durant, Oklahoma. You're exactly right. And I was kidding when I said whole thing my idea. You know, we have a great team, and, and everybody pitches in. I actually went to game two of the National League Championship Series out of Globe Life. It was like the, the Dodgers and the Braves. And I sat there and got sick at my stomach. The roof was open. I was looking <laughs> at that building, and I was like, oh, my gosh, how in the hell are we going to pull off television in this building? Uh, but, you know, the, the guys that have, have been – it's kind of funny as it changes networks. They're like, CBS did it better, GAC you – know, you know, it's all us. It, it's, you know, it, it's our team. Yep. And, and what's made it great is you got the continuity through there. But you come into a, a new building and obviously a completely different venue and a completely different setup with a whole bunch of more new toys. But they've jumped on it. And I, I think visually it's been the most incredible national finals rodeo I've ever seen. It really has because you have availability to do different things. You know, you don't got a big center cluster in the middle. So, you, that, I mean, that camera because – You've, they've had the camera that f- flies on the wires. I don't know what the technical term. Skycam. 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 Yeah, sorry, Rump. Um, the, the Skycam, but they, they can only cover half the arena in the Thomas and Mac. And, you know, now it's it's full on. And I, and, and Houston has that, and it takes two guys. One guy drives, and one guy shoots the can, the angle. Correct. Yeah, and we have two of them. And actually, that's kind of why I was late. I was having this kid that started working for me when he was a junior in high school. Uh, we we went to Rodeo Goat and grabbed lunch, but. He is probably the premier Skycam pilot in America. Wow. And, and he's here working on he does, he does He usually does like Thursday night football, the Notre Dame game, and Monday night football. Wow. But, but he's here doing the, doing the rodeo this year. <laughs> but he flies helicopters and airplanes and everything else. Yeah. And yeah, he's just one of those guys that can build a nuclear bomb out of what you got in your broom closet. But he's super I would kid. imagine the, the, way that, the way that works, and like, I, I don't know anything about it, but to watch it work, when it goes down and comes up on those wires, and and today when they're re-showing the uh, the video of Ride or Ride on Billy last night, when that dude's fading across the arena, and that camera is right with that horse, that was that was pretty. I I imagine it's probably more than just two joysticks though. I mean it's like th- what, it's gotta, a whole thing. One guy strictly does the camera, and the other guy strictly does the flying. So you wow. got to have a really good teammate. I've done the camera before with Sam at Rodeo Houston. So I was up there one day, and I wanted to fly it, and he was like, no. Could you crash it, though? Like, they set, it's all computer-generated, and they set, like, ceilings and, and, and basements. So he was telling me today that one time he flew it into a goalpost at, uh, I think, at, at Houston. He was going, that looks weird, like it's not going to make it over there. And it was like, dong. You don't, you don't want to be the guy that crashes the Skycam, because I bet that probably cost a little bit. You can't just go... Hey, somebody run down to Best Buy. We're, we need the Skycam, you know. <laughs> run down to Radio Shack, get a new lens. But so I kind of want to take everybody back because everybody knows you guys have been. What was it? You said 1991 was your first NFR. Yeah, but he's like 88. Well, he actually, me. for those of you who don't know, Butch just didn't start out being a commentator. He actually, uh, if you see on the side of this building, it says 1908. What was it like at the first indoor uh, rodeo, Butch? It was awesome. I remember when we walked in that building, it was brand new. Was just, <laughs> you couldn't believe it. Hell, they got it's like, plumbing. holy cow, how'd they get this big roof off this thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I've seen a lot. So, uh, what it was it 80, what, you won the average in the Bronco? 87. 87. 87. Yeah. See, it wasn't just 62. I didn't say 62. <laughs> I was, I, I thought it was 87 because uh, I got that on VHS, actually, with, I used to just watch the Bulldog and the Calf Rope and over and over with Paul Tierney, um, Rob Juker, Roy Duvall, <laughs> yeah. John W. Jones, yeah. Leo Camarillo, 
course, Hawkeye back then and all you guys, I've, I've kept those VHS tapes, which is kind of funny, like, when I think back about all the dumb crap I have. I've got boxes and boxes when I used to uh, tape rodeos when I was a kid, and I never let uh, nobody throw those boxes away. My mom wanted to over the years, and uh, now I've got all those VHS tapes and no VCR, but I've got the tapes. Yeah, but, no, way know, to, was, no way to play them. That's, that's, it was, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of like a throwback, though, at this year's NFR because, you know, in the mold uh, in the 80s, the, before the fence was all wrapped, and the way that this year is. And they had you know, the moat. It, it's so different because you're so used to you, NFR, you know, with the, with the Wrangler National Finals, clear the, at the Thomas and Max. So now when you have your, your blue fence with nothing behind it, it, it's kind of some of those shots are like old NFR shots where you have your people in the stands and, and the fence. So, I don't know, even in a, in a new building, in a new era, it's, it's kind of nostalgic if you watch a lot of the old videos. It is. And, you know, you remember I was watching last night on uh, – I don't know which one it was, one of the great Texans NFR moments, you know, and that older, it went back, and then when I rode there, the arena was red. You know, the yellow, yellow shoots and came after my time, so yeah, it, there's was, been, wow. it was different. There's been three colors of shoots. Red, yellow, and blue. Yeah. When were they blue? Oh, early, they were blue, that's right. And you know who I know? Most of those shoots are sitting behind the shed in... Marysville, California, at the Flying Ear Ranch. Yeah. So yeah, so the, the more you know. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm like a rodeo historian, and I, but thinking back to those days, it probably don't seem that long ago. I was thinking about that. You know, I turned 40 this year, which I don't know if you can tell how well I've aged and how well I've taken care of myself. But uh, <laughs> you know, I can remember uh, we had Matt Birch on, and the last saddle bronc course I got on was my senior year of college at the college finals on Blood Brother. I'll bet and that was fun. That was 04, so that was that was years ago. 16 years. Thank you, Jesse. 16 years <laughs> ago, but it seems like yesterday. And I'm sure that uh, that you probably can you think back, and you probably do this at every NFR when you get, watch those guys get ready for the bronc ride, and you're getting ready to commentate in the back of your mind. You're like, man, how cool is this? I remember like exactly how I felt back when you were at the NFR. Is it? You Ever know, feel you like that? It do, you, do, you don't forget that feeling. That's the nice thing. I mean, I it's, the, top 40 the, the other the nice thing you, is yeah. in the eliminator pin, you you don't forget that you're not the guy that has to get on him. So <laughs> it's a little more exciting now. But you do. You remember when you walk into that building for the first time or walk up to those shoots because it's such a, you know, it's one of your goals if you if you since you were this high, you know, all, just like these kids in this arena, mm -hmm. every one of them, if you ask them what they want to do, they want to be a world champion or get to the Wrangler National Finals. So that's something that never goes away. And the first time you walk in there, it's like, holy cow, I finally did it. Yeah, it's awesome. And I can't even imagine, like, you know, walking in the Globe Life field because everybody says, man, when you walk in, it almost takes your breath away. You know, we had – I haven't been uh, out to the rodeo yet, but we had the uh, bull riding in Round Rock, Texas, the, uh, the Rodeo Austin featured, and uh, it was at the, um, the baseball stadium there. And it was – I mean, that's, that place is only seats like 10,000 people, and it was, it was pretty – it was pretty awesome, so I can't even imagine the way that's set up. And, and the horses, you know, some people are like, well, we're worried about the bucking horses when you kick the chutes and they got acres like at Houston. But overall, being a, uh, a, a bucking horse guy, I think everything has been phenomenal. I phenomenal. agree. I totally agree. And, you know, we talked about it before in the pre-show and you know, a lot of questions of, you know, in that bigger arena, are the horses going to be as good? But these horses today are they, they only buck because they like it. They're bred to buck. They really oh, yeah. are. You know, that's an old rodeo announcer analogy, but it really is true, especially this yeah. day. And so they're going to buck no matter where you put them. Big arenas, little arenas, they buck because they're, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. And they're really good at it, by the way. How'd the Blood Brother thing come out, by the way? Um, <laughs> you just can't leave me hanging. <laughs> yeah. hanging. I, well, I, I have. I've got a pretty cool picture at my, on the wall at my mom's house. I rode that dude uh, for about five jumps. And when he did the old swoop, both of my knees went above the can, right above the swells, and, <laughs> and I got bucked off. I landed on my back, and I was—that's back when I used to chew, and I was chewing Levi Garrett. But my mom didn't know I chewed, and I had to chew Levi Garrett. And I landed on my back, and my mom's watching, and she knows now. But I'm still your good boy. I landed on my back, I swallowed that chew, and then I started throwing up in the arena. 
and one of the medics thought I was trying to swallow my tongue, and they were trying to, like, rush me out of the arena, but I was trying to explain to them uh, what had happened, and Matt Birch is just laughing his ass off on the back of the shoots because he knew what went on, and I got up, and I went back behind the shoots, and I threw some stuff in a bag. I left my saddle and boots and spurs behind the chutes. Uh, I call it, I do it quite a bit. I call it leaving it to the rodeo gods. And I left them there and uh, I've not been on a saddle bronc since. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That was it. Well, what I was, what I was about the corpus? <laughs> no, that, like, that's not a, that Where was the a, saddle horn that was went a up ranch, your, uh... that was a ranch bronc. I got on several ranch broncs, but actual competition. Oh. But I was getting bigger and I'd made the short round in the, in the steer wrestling and, and so I was like, you know, I was kind of praying before. I'm like, Lord, if I need to quit riding Bronx, let me know. And he, he was like, no problem. <laughs> and then, like, it was not one of those signs from God. I know a lot of people pray, and you, like, pray for a sign, and you can't really tell. But when I was laying in the arena trying to throw up that Levi Garrett that was stuck in the back of my throat while, you know, they were going for the ambulance, and I'm trying to explain that I'm fine, that I couldn't breathe, I was like, okay, thanks for the sign. Moving right along with life, you know. <laughs> But so, yeah. So uh, and we we talked about we went to lunch in Rapid City and we told the story, but kind of tell everybody watching and and the eight thousand people here watching us live, um, the start of you guys together. So you were nineteen ninety one, right, Jeff? And and then you worked somewhere. Tell the story of how how uh, how this relationship started. Well, it's a long circle, but but um, I used to go around and help with the judging seminars, and I would explain. Uh, each of the riding events, break them down, point out why this is an 18-point horse, this one's 20, this and, you know, that's a wild horse, that's a rank horse, and you just try to, you know, you, you just break everything down and try to explain to those guys the difference, and so I was doing that with Jack Hannum at the time, and, and it just so happened when we were in Colorado, the guy at that time that produced the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, John Bumgarner, was actually at the judging seminar because he was also a part-time rodeo announcer, so he watched it, and... Uh, came up to me afterward and said, hey, he said, would you want to come to Pocatello and, and maybe analyze the bronc riding on TV? And I go, yeah, I'd, I'd do that. So I did that, and when I got over there, I, I analyzed the whole, I just did it all, every event. And uh, after that, he goes, hey, would you want to come to National Finals Rodeo and work with Randy Corley and Hadley Barrett? And I just thought, holy mackerel, you know. I better start smoking I think, cigarettes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I did, yeah. No, that's, that's another like, story. So, did. <laughs> so I got down there, and oh, I was so nervous. This is a pretty funny story, but I, so I, I love hunting elk and deer, or whatever. So I was hunting, this is in November in Oregon. I was hunting elk, and I was done hunting. I was walking down the road, had my gun over my shoulder, and I'm just thinking, you know, how am I going to, you know, talk to Randy, talk to Hadley. So I was playing I was practicing talking to her so I'd look left and I'd go yeah thanks Randy out loud I would mean thank you Randy yeah that was gosh what a great horse you know and <laughs> then I would walk a little further and I'd look over here and I go well Hadley you know you know and I'd say something to Hadley and then back to Randy and I look up and there was a kid he was about 11 years old he was 12 maybe and he was sitting on his stump I didn't see him but I'm sure he could hear me talking to my friends as I was walking down the road and I, he looked at me and I looked at him and I go, good morning. And he just, he just, his little eyes were this big around, and I never saw him. I, I don't know what he thought Stranger after that. It's when he didn't shoot me. Yeah, I was going to say, did he put click me out of my off misery. safety? Good morning, sir. So anyway, I got down there, and it was great. Those guys just were awesome to work with, and they helped me a lot. And I sat between them, though, and each of them, they were chain smokers. I mean, they would not, one cigarette would go out while they were lighting the other one type <laughs> deal, and going through the deal. And they were just so smooth and fluent, and the last performance, when it was done, I totally lost my voice from that cigarette smoke going. So they would smoke nonstop. cigarettes at the finals? Oh, jeez, yeah. It was the coolest thing to do. I think Winston was one of the sponsors, <laughs> yeah. by the way. That's why Winston the shoots were red. Standing. Yeah. So when you guys yeah. were in Vegas, you're sitting at the Thomas and Mac with Hadley Barrett and Randy Chain smoking. That, to me, is the <laughs> coolest thing I've heard. I love stuff like that. Like, Yeah, it was pretty. It was a great. It was a great experience. And, you know, I... That's another cool thing, Hadley, and uh, when he had had him on like those polyester leisure suits, and doing the the interviews back behind, and of course everybody uh, that knows Hadley loved Hadley. I'm I can't even imagine. I I only got to be around Hadley towards the uh, kind of later years, but I loved him to death. I can't even imagine. He was fun, and he liked to party in his eighties. 
Oh yeah. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine how fun uh, that Hadley was back in the day. Did, I promise you, he'd, he'd always say, and it was an old anou- announcer line, but he'd say, never walk to the announcer stand empty-handed. I bet they probably weren't empty-handed <laughs> probably. At, at the NFR either, huh? Oh, back, yeah, in those, they, back in those days, at least. I think they were, but, you know, the deal <laughs> about, about Hadley, he was, I mean, he's a legend. And even, the, you know, you can hear his voice in some of those old pieces now, the background voice, and it's just like, wow, it's a signature Hadley Barrett and, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. And then they changed production companies and kind of held me on, and that's how Jeff and I became a unit. <laughs> Butch, was think, Butch was thinking, it, it can't get any worse than this in between two guys smoking, and then here I come. Were you, <laughs> were you smoking back then, Jeff? No, no. no, no, no. Cigarettes. No. Yeah, cigarettes. <laughs> so, when, uh, so when the whole first deal started going down, and... They, they ask you to come commentate. So then after that, did it pick up pretty quick, or was it just slow? or how? Did, I mean, like, because it's so weird no, when it they got up. starting. The it, production, your production company right. the, that you worked for started doing other events. and Horse racing. And, yeah, they, they, did, they did. What happened was they, and this was the old days of ESPN. So in 1990, I think Jim Sharp's trying to ride and win the world championship, and it reaches the top of the hour, and they just cut out and went to their next program. Caused a huge stir, and so... The PRCA came to Wintercom, which was kind of the – they did quarter horse racing and America's Horse and all that stuff and said, hey, can you guys do the rodeo? And then that's, that's kind of how all that started. And that's when they started the Wrangler World of Rodeo, where we do ten rodeos a year on ESPN, Butch and I. And he was still riding Bronx in those days. He'd make the top four at the RNCFR, you know, and they'd make me do the bar- saddle bronc riding by myself. It sucked. Like, I've not – Selling out your yeah, partner just, right yeah. there. <laughs> we actually, it was kind of funny because you do a lot in post-production, meaning that you go and film the event and then you voice it afterwards, you know. Well, and some of those played on uh, Cowboy Channel this year, the old World of Rodeo, like old Salinas. Yeah, and love that. Caldwell and yeah. love yeah. that. Pretty. Vernal, yeah. uh, Utah was on there. But you watch those old, those old like NFRs, those horses, and they wouldn't even make Monta Vista, Colorado, first perf on a Wednesday. I and mean, is, <laughs> and here they are at the NFR. That is so, is this on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is so true. And I've said that, you know, I watched the 1989 NFR, one of the old, one of the old ones on the Cowboy Channel. And honestly, and they, and they were the best horses at that time, no question about it. And there were some great horses, but they would not probably bring 90% of them to this NFR now. That's how much the breeding programs have helped the sport of rodeo it's it's incredible how good the bronx and bears i think it i think so much of that changed in the late it the the main changing of the guard to me was the late 90s when yeah. here comes ike sankey with yeah. 22 heads to the nfr yeah and schizo and and raise them, and, and raise them all and, yeah yeah and then i think that that's when the the big shift in nfr really happened was the late 90s and then you know, in the early 2000s, and me and Reno Rosser were talking about this the other day, the evolution of the NFR. It used to be every rodeo company had you raised bulls. If you had bucking horses, you had bulls, but not anymore. Now every pretty much everybody has a bull guy. Not saying that's bad. It's it's a great thing, you know. Like it, they're great teams, you know. D and H cattle with Powder River Rodeo, uh, Chad Berger. Chad Berger's got the Bulls, and um, Joe Simon and Tyson Fowler got the Bronx. There's not a Dakota lot. Dakota Rodeo. Dakota Rodeo, yeah, right? Yeah, Dakota. Um, there's not a lot of of rodeo companies anymore that have, at the NFR, own their own Bulls. Um, Flying U, Frontier, Butler. Yep. Sammy. Sammy. Sam. And, and <laughs> there's not Sammy, a lot. And Sammy turned into a horse guy. You know, I mean, he's still the bull king, but, I mean, he's got more horses than at the finals than bulls most times now, which is crazy because for those of you who've been in a uh, hole for the last 30 years, that's where Bodacious came from. J-31A. And many, yeah, and, and, and may, many other great bulls. But, you know, for me oh, – go ahead. You, you may disagree with me, but, like, in the 90s, um, you go to rodeos and you knew if you were out west, you know, it was going to be Dan Russell. You are going to see Grasshopper and Pacific Bell yep. and – and, you know, if you were down in the, you know, in, in, in Texas, Sammy's Bulls. But there were so many Bulls that I really look forward to seeing. What the Bull Revolution has done for me is I don't really pay any attention to names anymore. They're all really good. You yeah. don't have those four or five Bulls that are just, 
you know, unbelievable. You just can't wait to see somebody get on them because, you know, out of 10 bulls, nine of them are going to be really, really good. And so. they might not just be – that's another thing. They're not just regulated in one era, area anymore because so many rodeos um, – and, and it's a good thing that they subcontract. But, you know, like a couple years ago, like Hocus Pocus of D&H, he went to more rodeos than I did. I actually sat beside him on a Southwest flight to Caldwell <laughs> one year. But so there's not well, a general area, like, because everybody subcontracts, you know, like, uh, look at the Pendleton Roundup. You know, that's, they, Randy Brocker and his crew, they put their own set of stock together. So you don't just get the Northwest crew, you know, um, 4L and Diamond S, you know, they were at Pendleton. So the stock has really evolved as far as stock contracting goes and, and the San Antonio's and Houston's where you have, well, they, 15 or 20 then, guys. And then right. at those rodeos, sometimes they don't want that caliber. They want rides. You know, they're telling their stock contractors, we want at least four or five rides. So then you almost so that's dumb, you know, dumb down your to try and get these rides, and then it almost ends up being worse. But anyway, it's the evolution of the NFR for me. Uh, of course, you know, uh, we used to watch it at 3 in the morning on ESPN2. <laughs> You know, and really get mad if dad didn't hit record, right? You know, and it was a family fight the next day. But um, inside the building had to be when the music changed. When Benji came in and Boyd and Bob and the sound system went to 138 dB. And Tomlin went to 148. Yeah! <laughs> Come on, yeah! You know, it was yes! a revolution. And the thing about, you know, getting to music... You know, when I rode here at Fort Worth, they had a little band up there. After you got bucked off or if you made your ride, you know, <laughs> every run, every ride, same trumpet, same uh-huh. same deal at the NFR. It was the same thing. They had a little live band up in a room up there. Yeah, that, that but wasn't they – they weren't players. even watching the rodeo. It was like, Ripless, wasn't it? No, Rip, they just had a timer deal. They did. Ripless they was had, in a side room yep. with his band at the Thomas and Mac. Yeah, yeah. And then here came Tallman, here came Benji, here came Rock and Roll. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Here we are. Thank God. <laughs> and you can, you can probably agree with me to this, that uh, from what you guys, uh, all the, the great things you've done through rodeo, no matter who you want to credit modern-day rodeo to, you absolutely cannot leave out Mac Altizer. I mean, just like I said in the 90s, you know, when it started, you know, Mac's the first one to, to bring in the rock and the roll. The rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, ACDC and that whole When he genre. had all of his animals named after songs. Yeah. He had the Dirty Dozen, yeah. Bad to the Bone, and uh, he would have his pool parties and, on Saturdays. Uh, I know would the, be at those pool parties? It was so much fun. So <laughs> the one guy that worked for him named Junior. Do you Drinks remember Junior? Drinks or what they have? They're, yeah. They, <laughs> Junior would Junior and usually one other person. There's a uh, Doug Dugan would go. But the rest of us would go to the, the swimming pool. So it got like a tradition. Have you ever, did you ever be at a bad company's pool party? I never did. So no. every Saturday, <laughs> Mac would bring out this big grill and cook and, uh, and um, enjoy each other's company and <laughs> hang out. It was so much fun. But, you know, that as far as the evolution goes of rodeo, that's, I'm telling you, the, the 90s, the late 90s, just to now. I mean, could you ever think, even 10 years ago, even last year, can you actually think, man, we're going to have the NFR in Globe Life Field? Is that not just mind-blowing? It is, and it's just beautiful there, isn't it? It's it, gonna, And I'm, I'm really curious about, I think there's five years left on the Vegas deal. When, when that contract comes up, when it comes time to renegotiate that deal, if, I, I said all along, if I'm Las Vegas – yeah, my joke was if I was if I was in charge of the Biden campaign, I wouldn't let him debate Trump, and if I was in charge of the NFR, I would not let him move that thing to Texas and let him see what it can, it can actually do, because I think uh, I, I I'm hoping it's it's a twenty million dollar NFR when this con the next time this contract's done, so. Yeah, I, that would be. I mean, the more money, the better. Um, yep. I just it's it's so, I don't know, to me, and I said this yesterday on Flint show. Las Vegas, Nevada made the NFR what it is today. I mean, without Vegas, is the NFR the same? Probably not. And my, just my opinion, just this humble guy's opinion. But uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just weird because hard to get anything to eat after 10 o'clock and I'm staying in the Holiday Inn. You know, <laughs> um, it's just 
that for that me, you know, that entertainment value of Vegas is is hard. You, I mean, you can't match yeah, it. You well, can't here's for, for, for the for the for the spectator. You know. Well, uh, I remember the very first year in Vegas, 1985. I actually judged that year. It was like a nightmare, but. It was, I don't think they realized, they did, at that time, they didn't realize how big this really was. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, there was definitely some guys that, that did, but I don't think the entire town of Vegas realized, because you would drive downtown, you wouldn't see anything real Western, nothing. You know, I mean, it was just Vegas with a huge rodeo going on. And then after that first year, the next year, all of a sudden, all the big country music people were booked in, and I mean, they started building off this deal, and and uh, realized just what a nice little golden egg they discovered. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're right, it, it became huge. Yeah, it's it just, uh, I, guess, I guess my whole, the way that I've laid it out in the last few days, I, I love that we're having a finals and I love that we're all here, but it's just it's so weird for me. It's kind of like if you take the Pendleton Roundup, one of my favorite rodeos in the world, you can't take the Pendleton Roundup and move it to Greensburg, Kansas, and call it the Pendleton Roundup. So it's just, I, and I know it's hard, and I was, I was talking to, uh, to several of my old friends, you know, uh, like Cotton Roster was saying he'll, he'll never forget when he was one of the guys that helped it get to Vegas and when it moved from Oklahoma City and everybody was like, it's never going to work in Vegas. Yeah. You guys are idiots, <laughs> you know. And so the, it's like you said, anytime you change anything, it's hard. It's been hard on me because I'm so used to um, – used to in Vegas, but I really have enjoyed the the uh, the atmosphere that yeah. it's created. Yeah. yeah. Well, the this. one thing Look they don't, this. you know, each place has its strong points. It's, you know, the facility here is incredible. Mm -hmm. Globe Life Field. Beautiful They building. sure don't have an area like the Stockyards anywhere no. in Las Vegas, you know. No. I mean, that's, so to me, this is special, too. It's You know, it's different. It's not the same, but yeah, it's it's awesome. It is. We're all lucky to be what here. What a scene. It's going to be yeah. one that we'll never forget, and I hope yep. I hope in the future that um, COVID is completely gone and we look back and remember that. that. You have to chug now. You can't say uh, Jeff No, it's got to be a shot. Jeff wants to make a point. When you look at, uh, when you look at what's kind of transpired, I think the, the big difference is the number of tickets that you can sell. And you can look at that both a couple of ways. What's cool about Las Vegas is the NFR is maybe the hardest ticket of the year to get out there. So there's this demand for those tickets. But if you come to a Globe Life and now you can sell 30,000 tickets, that, that changes the game dramatically in terms of the way it looks, the size, and, and how many people you're packing in there. Now go back to Vegas because Las Vegas is you know, it's like an alligator. They don't let, they're not going to let go of anything very easily. So now you look at that brand-new football stadium. That's really cool, sitting across the freeway. So now you're getting a situation where you're going to have to spit out 20, 25 million to, to keep the NFR there. I think something like that becomes into play. Now where you have a football stadium where you can sell 40, 50,000 seats for 10 nights in a row, for them that, that's a bit of a game changer too. So what's better? I'm just speculating, yeah, but yeah. I'm just kind of looking at it from both sides. On that point, what would, you, what would be better? What do you like better? A packed 18,000 all 10 nights? Or maybe three-fourths full super stadium, you know, half the time or 75% of the time, you know? When it's full, it looks better, obviously, you know. But I, I think, you know, and, and that stadium may be just a touch big, you know, in terms of, of trying to do the rodeo there. But, I mean, they do it at Houston. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I think you can maybe set it up and, and sell your tickets where it looks like it's a full house. But, uh and I, and I love Thomas and Mag, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's uh, obviously all, all, my, all my NFR memories are, are right there, and I love that too. But I think, I think the money is going to dictate uh, over tradition uh, when this next contract comes normally up. For, does, for it? Well, it normally does, doesn't it? Normally does. And they know, the people in Vegas, they know they're going to have a fight on their hands in five years. I mean, I've, I've had conversations with them. They, they understand what's coming. Uh, but uh, uh, as far as a production standpoint, uh, TV, it's just it's uh, it's outstanding what you guys can do here. Uh, it is really really neat. You've got some more, a lot more availability in placements of of, of certain things. But um, yeah, it's uh with, yeah with the studio right here, in the stockyards. I mean, it's just that that is one thing. Like you said, you cannot replicate this. Like look at this. We've ha it's been packed down here. It's been like a general fun hangout, and that's. 
that's probably one of my favorite things about it being in Texas, just being the stockyards, like, um, and all the people that have never, I'm, I'm blown away about this fact. How many NFR people, and like yesterday, I just went and talked to people on the street yesterday afternoon. It's amazing how many people have never been to Fort Worth, Texas. Have you, have you guys heard some of them people talking? And this place is amazing. There's been it's more people here. from Idaho uh, making Facebook posts by Whataburgers than I've ever seen my whole life. Is this anybody's first uh, first time in Fort Worth? Raise your hand. Yeah. Like four. There's a lot. It's four. Did, did you get the? Did you take a picture by no. Whataburger? You don't have. Jesse Knutson, you guys don't have Whataburgers in Wisconsin, do you? There's none in Wyoming or no, Wisconsin. They, vote, they voted for Biden, so <laughs> um, you don't get cool things like Whataburger. Oh, sorry, but uh, but to to have all the people come here and say, man, that stockyards, wow, that was cool. Like me and Hambone been hanging out in the stockyards for like 20 years, so. But then and again, you, you, you know, got this group in here too now. You know, majestic—they're overhauling the stockyards. Yeah, Mule Alley's completely they're, they're different. Make, they're making it like Rodeo Drive, and they're—they're going to put steakhouses in. They've got a, a retractable roof brewery that's not open yet. I mean, there's so many things they're adding here too. You know, it's—it's it's not your daddy's stockyards either. It, but, it is changing. But there's one thing that they're never going to have until the state makes, and that's the gambling. And most people go to the NFR to gamble. They really do. And, and what they're also fighting against is you can't ride a roller coaster on top of these buildings. You can't, you know, you can't <clears throat> go to uh, I, all the entertain The entertainment of there's always something changing. I mean, the stockyards is what, four city, maybe five city blocks, you know, and, and that's what I, I would be nervous about if I was Fort Worth. That's what Vegas, you know, we all have our strengths, right? And, and that's the biggest for me is the average person – Joe average. To come out of Montana, you know, they want to go to Fort Worth or they want to go see shows and go to dinners at 3 in the morning, five-star restaurant that's still open, and the rodeo, and I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's – And then play penny slots all night. They're not the same. They're both great. But I will say, like in Vegas, you'll see a lot of people come down for six days. They may have two rodeo tickets. So they'll yep. go to the rodeo two nights and stay there four more nights, go to the watch parties, take it all in, you know. So it's more of a – trip mm -hmm. here you know i mean it's you may it may not be quite the same but there is a lot to do here i mean there really is yeah you got to travel a little more to do it but it definitely yeah, there's, a lot there, I mean, there's six flags and you know yeah, there, i mean they, there's and, other stuff to do yeah that's just i just really hope one we're having the mayor of fort worth on friday oh and my first question is going to be i said this the other day we put a man on the moon in 1969 why can't I send a text from the stockyards in Fort Worth? There's a million people in this city. That the the uh, as Boyd Paul Hamus would call it, the it's an issue of bandwidth. bandwidth. You get everybody in the stockyards checking their Facebook at once, slows the bandwidth down over 100 MGBs. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That the technical term? Thank you. MGBs, megabytes. MG, is that a, is that a, a TV technical term? <laughs> so yeah, Davey would know. That and then uh, it is really, really expensive to park. Wow. You know, I've spent the money I've spent on parking is the exact same amount of money I bought my first Ford Ranger with. That's true. Our, um, our uh, good partner, uh, Pete Carr, uh, who's uh, sponsoring this great podcast, uh, he gave us sweet tickets the other night, and a free sweet ticket cost us $650. And shuttles and eight thousand dollars for a vodka tonic. <laughs> okay, I, I want to get back to something here real quick. On the live feed, we do have a question. Um, for this question is for both of you. And uh, have you ever said anything on the air that you regret? Ooh, good one. <laughs> because I accidentally said a naughty word at Cody when they threw a snake at me and my microphone was on. But have you ever said? Hold on, how do they say it? Ask them if there's anything they've said on air that they regret. Well, if you ever say anything about a barrel racer, you oh. Are, oh. you've crossed over into a very dangerous <laughs> zone. And if you'll notice during barrel racing, I get really quiet. I say, what do you think of that, Butch? Hey, Joe. I, just, I push everything to them. So you're crummy. You push it off on Butch. Exactly. That's good broadcasting. Don't you ever call Jeff Messer crummy. <laughs> you're crummy. But I, 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 I had said that Scamper had knocked down a barrel. Uh, it was either the... World Championship number nine and World Championship number ten, and I'm telling you, Charmaine lit me up. 
And I, he did not knock down the barrel. It was her fault, you know. And I love Charmaine. We're great friends. But, uh, you know, I, I, I try to steer away from any kind of criticism or comments when it comes to barrel racing. Uh, oh, I, and, oh, and I did compare the saddle bronc. Butch and I had a conversation about, I, I was persona non grata in the bronc rider locker room. We were talking about Dan Mortensen and stuff, and he was telling me, like, Dan Mortensen, in the entire year, had only bucked off twice. And I, I love to harass him about bronc riders. Anyway, I go, man, you guys are the punters and kickers of rodeo. <laughs> so I probably, I probably would take that one back. But that took the rugged part out of it, didn't it? I mean, oh. <laughs> that was pretty low. I think, uh, you know, I think I've been pretty lucky that some of the stuff I've said didn't make air, so I can say that. And I agree with Jeff. If you, if you say the wrong thing in the braille race, that's when you get a lot of feedback real quick. And even here, I, I mentioned I think Jesse Telford's horse was a great mare. It's a great gilding. And so, I, and I, I knew know. when I said mare, it's like, I hope that's a mare because I had a 50-50 chance to be right because I wasn't sure. And then, of course, I got texts and stuff immediately after the rodeo that it wasn't. So they do pay attention. Big time. Yeah. Big time. It's not like yeah. back in the days when... If you said something wrong, they would have to say it to your face now. Or send a letter. Yeah, nowadays. I'm going to miss those days, huh? And get there two weeks later, you don't care. I got a letter last week. And the, yeah. <laughs> Before the days of a screenshot, when someone was bad, they actually had to say something to you instead of just put it on Facebook. <laughs> Not even to you, just saying it on their Facebook page about uh, what you did wrong. So, okay, everybody out there watching, be sure to watch. Point. The oh. great thing about what we do is we're not like the, you know, I can't stand the media. And I, I kind of agree with Bobby. With Bobby sure. Knight, he said, you're about this much above prostitution. We're not in it for the <laughs> negative stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're not digging. We're not in it for the negative stuff. We're, we're building the sport, you know, and building the heroes. And, and uh, that, that keeps us out of a controversial area to begin with, you know, because that's, that's definitely not what we're after. Well, and, and, and that's what's hard because with rodeo, I mean, NFL, Major League Baseball, shush, um, you know, NBA, all the, <clears throat> the, the major sports, you've got a thousand podcasts and shows on during the day, radio shows, and they could say, golly, LeBron James, he was terrible at what was, you know, his ad, he could, he, they could rip on him, and, and it's acceptable. If we would do that to a cowboy, we would be the worst people in the world. We would be assholes. It's just... We'd get hate mail. Terrible. Yeah, you get hate mail, you know? So there's that line, it's like, if you're ever going to be that you can't have that mentality for calling somebody out you're not being rude you're just you know i don't know yeah like a stephen a smith kind of a guy that would come on like if we had uh what's the uninterrupted or on the pardon the interruption pardon the interruption when they're like talking about man tom brady was absolutely terrible his days are numbered i say that he's about done one more year they got to get rid of him and everyone's like yeah i could see that but if i were to come on and say Zeke Thurston hasn't won nothing at the finals. He's been absolutely terrible. He's he's uh, watching right now. Um, but, but but everybody that likes Zeke would they would absolutely hate me. And I love Zeke, but you know our our panel our through rodeo is so different as far as broadcasting to to me and Hamba. We were talking about it because you can't say that because people take that very very personal. In or or when you have uh, us do the uh, welcome ceremony. Yeah, you you will Sorry, get Facebook everybody. messages. Sorry for those. Uh, people. You were offended. We were My just bad. having fun. I'll answer your phone. I promise. Um, but anyway, well, I know you guys are super busy, and uh, spend forty five minutes of your day. I, I actually I texted Jeff and I was like, hey, that was really cool piece you did, my brother. Um, TV looks great. You know, you're we know you're busy, and I was expecting a man. I'd love to come. We just can't make it. But he texted me right back, which shocked me. Uh, he's like trying to get a hold of Trump. Um, and he said, I'd love to. And I said, then I said, this might be a stretch, but do you think Butch would come? <laughs> and he says, I'll twist his arm. So Yeah, he, um, he twists a lot. Too. <laughs> from, from all of us, from, from everybody out here, I can honestly say, uh, hold on, I'm, I'm making, I'm really gut checking here. From all of us out here to, to, to the Cowboy Channel and to you guys, Thank you for keeping rodeo in our homes this year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate Amen. it. Everybody cheer for that, y'all. Because these guys, trust me, I'm I'm on the inside of those, and it was it's hard to try and make make things work and bring it together. And you've got different video crews and different announcers and sound people, and it's just 
It's very, very hard, and you, you and your team put it together, and, and Butch, you on, on, on TV, you, you, you two and Joe and Donnie, it's just, it's great to see Donnie back. Thank God Come we on. got Donnie Gay back. I have yeah, thank you. Thank you, so guys. You, you guys are amazing, and, and keep up the good work. Um, an announcement, I actually want to, we need to talk about this, but it just got announced at 2 o'clock today, the San Angelo Stock Show and Rodeo. My rodeo, I, I manage that. Uh, we're moving to April. So our stock show is going to keep the same. We're having our livestock show for the kids. So that's still going to be February. But uh, we're moving April 8th through the 24th. So we can go 100% and uh, have, a, have a great rodeo. But uh, So I'll need you yeah, and I'll talk, need you talk TV and Joe. That. So we're going to have that on TV. But, y'all, let's give a big round of applause for the two greatest personalities in the history. Of rodeo television, Jeff Matters, Butch Knowles. Thanks, guys. Have a good show tonight. Thanks, guys. We love you guys. Thank you for all you guys do for us. And Pete Carr's gonna be he's gonna be texting you guys hey, here in a minute. Yeah, God. don't forget here uh, no starting three o'clock right inside the Coliseum. <laughs> ain't a big deal. Get in there. It, it's actually a pretty good, pretty cool deal. Pete Carr put up the money on his own uh, to have the permit challenge. So it's the top five in each event for two rounds, and uh, we can't say enough good things about Pete. He's top five in each money. event. There's no barrel racing, I guess. No. It's a WPRA thing. I don't know, but, but um, all the other events are going on. Top five that go two rounds. That's happening right inside the building uh, in 12 minutes. So And we're working it. And we're working I'm it. I'm not putting on face paint. I'm not putting on face paint. So, awesome. Thank you guys very much. Thank you guys. Stick around. Have some gold buckle beers, some seltzers, uh, Pendleton whiskey. It's flowing like the salmon of Capistrano. Um, don't forget Manscaped. Yeah, Manscaped. We, Jeff, we need... How's your... We need, you can, you're like a hairless cat. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. So, anyway. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow, 2 o'clock, right here. Thanks, y'all. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. All alone. All alone in a time of need. 
No flowers, no flashbulbs, no wine. He's haunted by something he cannot define. Bowel shaking earthquakes of doubt and remorse assail him, impale him with monster truck force. In his mind, he's still driving, still making the grade. She's hoping in time that her memories will fade. Cause he's racing and pacing and potting the course. He's fighting and fighting and riding on his horse. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's striving and driving. 